Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of the XSF podcast. I'm your host, Devonte Erlinson, and today, you know, I want to go over my story and how I got to where I am today. You know, I'm blessed enough to be a part of a skate park, Third Lair Skate Park and Skate Shop here in Minnesota, Golden Valley. Shout out to you guys. Uh, you guys have been there for me in my darkest times, which I will be going over in the story, but... You know, now they're here supporting me in my adult life and with my business and just moved my gym in here. So I'm so, so grateful to be in an environment that is conducive to the business and to helping as many skateboarders as I can reach. So let's get right to it, right? So I guess I'll start back way back when, right? So my mom, I love you, mom. Shout out to you. She, single mom, raised me her whole life by herself. Uh, Of course, you know, we did have help from my grandma and my grandpa. Rest in peace, Papa. Love you. I'll be talking about that as well. But, you know, my whole life, she's been so supportive about everything I wanted to do from, you know, whatever sports I wanted to play to when I didn't want to play them anymore to, you know, schoolwork, me thinking I couldn't do certain things. And, you know, she was always there to, to bring me up, and she still is to this day. And I couldn't be more grateful. You know, we bounced around a lot growing up, too. I, uh, I went from, from living... Geez, all over the place in Minnesota. We lived up in Becker, Minnesota for a while, moved back to the cities. We were in the cities for a little bit. Then we went out to Wisconsin for a little while, came back to the cities, and we went back up to Becker, Minnesota. Um, I moved a lot of schools, so, you know, I was always that, I felt like I was always that new kid every couple of years. And I actually got held back in, what was it? third, second grade. I think it was second grade. So I have a summer birthday, right? I was born July 2nd, 1997. And that kind of put me in a weird spot and put my mom in a weird spot, I guess I should say, of when to start me in school, right? So it was either I started a year early or kind of like half a year early, I guess you could say, or I started half a year late um, and would be the old kid in class. So my mom decided, you know what, let's get him in there. He seems like he's going to be just fine. He'll be able to learn. Uh, and I was, I was learning just fine. But the thing was, it was a, I think it was more of a, not like you really have maturity at that young of an age, but it was more the fact that, you know, I just, I like to goof off a lot. I was the kid who just talked during class, but that was also an issue where I could talk and still uh, take in what the teacher was saying. And that just became an issue uh, going into first and second grade, you know, not really being able to uh, express myself in the best ways and also just, you know, kind of lagging behind the class in some aspects. So, you know, I was at this one school, it was right off of 94, uh, out here in Minnesota. And, you know, it was, uh, it was predominantly like, I'm, I'm mixed. If you don't know me for some reason, you don't know my, uh, who, what I look like and stuff. So my dad's black, my mom's white, I'm mixed. And the school I went to was predominantly, uh, black people, right? So, at this school, uh, you know, it was the minority was the the one or two white people I think that went to the school, and the thing was, it kind of put me in a weird spot because, you know, growing up, I already had issues with uh, who I was and what my identity was. You know, being mixed and uh, being raised by the white side of my family, I should say, and. I didn't know like how to act or how to dress for so long. And like, it took me so long to find myself and, you know, I contribute skateboarding to be able to being able to really find who I was and just being okay with who I was and loving myself for, for me. But, you know, back, back then it was, it was hard. Cause you know, I saw my dad maybe a couple of times, uh, every other year it was, it was pretty sporadic when he would come in and out of our lives but, you know, he's here now. He's here now. He's here for my grandkids and stuff. So hey, that, that's, that matters, right? But, you know, the thing is, I had this huge issue with, with figuring out who I was. I, I used to dress completely different almost season to season. You know, it was like I'd wear the skinny jeans and then I'd all, all of a sudden be in like the matchy, matchy outfits, you know, earrings, the whole nine. Like I just didn't know where I was going or who I wanted to be. So going to that school really kind of drove me into a, a corner where I felt forced to be somebody I wasn't. And the thing was, too, a lot of the kids there were just, uh, 
wannabe hood rats, I should say, right? So there's a lot of that here in Minnesota. <laughs> and uh, I never was the one. I, you know, I just, I don't try to act tough and stuff, but I always stood up for myself. I wasn't going to let nobody push me around, nobody bully me. Or, matter of fact, no one was going to bully anybody else in my presence. I wasn't going for any of that. And, you know, I had this situation. And it's kind of what kicked off the getting held back thing, too. Uh, I don't know if it was what kicked it off, I should say, but it was kind of the tipping point for my mom where it was like, all right, let's just, you know, let's get out of here. Let's, let's, let's get you back to where you need to go. And so there was at this school, right. And little tan, random, random, uh, rant real quick on this, or I guess tangent, I should say. But, uh, you know, we're at this school, I walk into the bathroom and there's these, I was in second grade, as I was saying, and there's these two fifth graders, two fifth graders are bullying on another little mixed boy. Uh, he was in second grade, just like me. He was actually in my class. I walked in, and, you know, uh, I feel like a lot of kids would just, like, walk away. I wasn't going for that. I was – I told them straight up, like, hey, you guys you guys need to stop this. Like, leave them alone. And then all of a sudden, I just remember them stepping up to me. And uh, long story short, it ended with uh, one of their heads going into a urinal. <laughs> and then uh, the other one walked away with a broken nose. I uh, had a couple of scrapes and bruises at the end of it all, but, you know – I uh, still got suspended for it. My mom was kind of pissed off because, you know, I was defending another kid. You know, they were they were about to shove his head in a toilet, and I wasn't going for that. And, you know, you can't treat people that way, and I always knew that growing up. And I stood up for him, and I stood up for myself when they tried to put hands on me. And, you know, that was kind of a weird point for me too because then I that kind of spiraled this um, hard-ass mentality, I should say, right, where <laughs> – I ended up going to a, a, a more diverse school. Um, ended up going to Egan, a school in Egan and stuff for a while here in Minnesota. And, uh, you know, uh, one of my ex-best friends, we kind of had a fallout. You know, we don't really talk too much anymore. But Sean, me and him, he was he was mixed as well. And me and him kind of ran, ran the town around there, you know. And that was kind of hard for me too because I didn't like being the tough dude. But everybody just initially looked at us as those tough guys. Uh, the kids, I should say, were definitely were not guys or men or anything at that time. But it was it was weird, right? And mind you, so let me rewind it a little bit. In second grade, how old are you? I want to say you're like, geez, I could be way off. Uh, ten, maybe eight, ten, in between eight and ten, right? So when I was when I was little, uh, we moved into the house I actually live in now with my family. It's pretty cool, you know, family home that I get to raise my kids in at the moment, and. Uh, we moved in there when I was five, I believe. And that was the first time I saw skateboarding. So shout out to you, Brett Spur, Corey Millette. If you guys are somewhat listening to this, awesome. I love you too. Uh, honestly, I contribute me getting into the skate game to you guys. I remember five years old seeing them skating across the street. Absolutely thought it was the coolest thing. Told my mom, hey, mom, I want a skateboard. Awesome, Devonte, say less. Let's go. We went to the store. I remember I got like a little... Uh, <laughs> a little fish board, right? And it was the, the coolest thing to me. Got the knee pads, the elbow pads, the helmet, you know, the whole kit. I was ready to go. And uh, fell down my driveway once and I was over it. I was like, nope, I'm done. And then that's kind of when I went to go, you know, on this, this whole other route like I was just talking about earlier and going into playing baseball, playing, uh, playing a lot of soccer. Soccer was the one sport I kind of stayed with for a little bit. Um, I played a little bit of like uh, peewee football, you know, some flag football, um, was always just trying to move around. I was always athletic. I, w- I feel like I was that kid. Actually, I know I was that kid that I was never too good at one sport, but I could keep up with you. I was athletic. I was moving. You know, I could, I could catch a ball. I could run a ball. Uh, one thing I always was not good at was basketball. I guess, uh, you know, those, those genes didn't carry over in that way. No, I'm playing, but... <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I played a lot of sports, and then when I was eight and all this other stuff was going on, uh, I was over it. I was over the sports and stuff, and that's when I decided, you know what, I want to try skateboarding again, and man, am I I so happy I did, so it was pretty cool, actually. I remember Brett, he was talking about Third Lair, right? That was the first time I ever heard about Third Lair Skate Park and Skate Shop, and I was like, huh, I wonder what that place is. My bad, I just hit the mic the mic stand. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was like, oh, cool, that'd be cool. So my grandpa, uh, Rich Coomer, Papa is what we call him. Man, I love you, RIP, we miss you. But thank you, 
yeah, I got to thank him for a lot of stuff too. You know, he, he took me out there for the first time. And I remember, I think it was, a uh, gosh, what contest was it? I want to say maybe it was a damn am when they used to do damn ams here. Uh, but I remember watching it at the location here in Golden Valley. They used to have a couple of different locations, but this is the main one I always went to. And once I saw that, I was just, it was a wrap. I was like, I know I need to skateboard. This is what I want to do. It just looks so fun. There's no one telling me what to do, how to do it. I just get to go out there and have fun, right? So that's how it all kind of kind of started, right? So then, you know, I got myself an actual skateboard, a real setup. And then, you know, I started doing lessons here with uh, this dude named Tabari Cook. Shout out to you, Tabari. Uh, you were a huge aspect of that as well. And throughout this whole time, you know, I was skating with, uh, Corey Millette with, uh, Cody Davis was there sometimes with us, Brett Spur, you know, we we're all down, down the road from where I lived. Corey, Mill- Corey Millette lived like literally down the block. Uh, Brett was right across the street. We used to just all go down, mob down to Corey's house, skate a box. You know, I would just be in awe watching them all skate, you know, cause I was just starting and man, the determination and the work I put into skating, it, it was crazy. Cause I, I didn't care about anything like that until skating came along. And the coolest part for me was, I guess it was probably cooler for my mom even to see me, you know, out front with my, my wheels in a crack, practicing an ollie over and over and over and over and over and over again, not landing it, not getting too mad about it, but still just keeping trying. And that one time I'd land it, biggest smile on my face, screaming for joy, you know, and it was just, it's just the craziest feeling to think like, the fact that skateboarding has brought me the the release that it brings me, so it, it does help me a lot with like you know my stress, stressful stuff I'm dealing with, whatever may be going on in the outside world. It's always been my escape to go do something for myself that no one can tell me how to do it, and no one can no one can critique, critique me. I don't care. You can say what you want about my skating, but it doesn't matter because it's my skating, and I love to do it. And uh, you know. Uh, kind of fast forward a little bit into the skate game. And then my grandma, she was always supportive, you know, and the crazy thing is, mind you, we didn't live close to third. So third layers in Golden Valley, Minnesota. I lived in West St. Paul, Minnesota. That's a good 25, 30 minute drive, right? Especially in traffic, it turned into like a whole hour. And, you know, they would bring me out here very consistently, very, very, very consistently. So I'm so thankful for that. And, uh, you know, going into my middle school years when I was at Egan, things got a little rough. You know, I was turning into more of a fighter, not really because I wanted to, but people wanted to step on my toes. And like I said, I was not going to have that, you know, and, you know, a lot of people tried to put their hands on me. And if you put your hands on me, I'm, it's, I'm, I'm putting my hands back. That's about as simple as it is. And I got suspended from that school quite a bit, uh, you know, in school suspensions, out of school suspensions. They talked about expulsion for a while, you know, it was just all this crazy stuff. So that long story short, uh, Fighting was just getting me into way too much trouble at the time. So I, uh, you know, I, my mom was like, you know what, let's do online school. And luckily, you know, one of my best friends to this day, Alan Madrone, I love you, man. Love, love, love you. And Tanner Van Vark. Don't know if you listen to this, man. My man Tanner's out there blowing up with the real team and stuff right now. So I know he's beyond busy, but, you know, he is one of my best friends to this day, no matter if we don't talk as much or whatever, you know, we were at each other's house every other day. It was, you know, we, we all grew up together and I met them here at third one day. I think I met, I can't remember which way it was. I either met Tanner through Allen. I think I met Allen through Tanner, but it was Allen who, uh, Allen showed me this online school out of Florida. My mom was like, let's do it. Let's get you in there. I know you don't want to be in school anymore. You're just getting in trouble. Like, let's, let's, let's rock this way. And I was like, sweet, dude. I get to I get to do online school and skate whenever I want. That, that works for me. Let's go. So at this time, you know, I started doing online school. Uh, and I was doing good. I was always an A, B student. You know, I never, especially in, like, middle school, of course. That's simple as can be. Uh, you know, going into high school, still was A and B on a roll, all that, or A on a roll, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I... I was just good at school. It wasn't too hard for me. I didn't have to try too hard. I feel like most, uh, a lot of people don't when it comes to like the high school level stuff. It's pretty simple as long as you just, you know, pay a little bit of attention and take a test or two, you know, you're going to, you're going to do pretty good. But I, uh, 
you know? I wasn't really too versed into how to treat my body right, right? And this kind of goes into why I started Extreme Strength and Fitness. So I broke so many bones growing up. So, you know, I, I go to say this and a lot of people don't believe me. It's whatever. I mean, I could go pull my medical records for you, but I got nothing to prove. If you, if you know me, you know me. I've been in multitudes of casts um, from full arm casts from my elbows, wrists, thumbs, broken both my ankles, uh, broken kneecap, you know, cracked a vertebrae in my neck. Um, there's, there's a long extensive list of my injuries, not to mention, you know, some, uh, some tears in, in, uh, the ligaments in my, in my ankles, uh, almost slitting my entire Achilles tendon open. Uh, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot that I got hurt. Um, and the reason why actually for a lot of the bone stuff, they didn't know this till I was 13 years old. You know, you know, you think you would have, uh, checked this a little sooner for somebody of my, my you know, my, my stature who was, you know, moving around all the time. I wasn't sitting down or nothing, but, uh, they found out I had a major vitamin D deficiency. Like I was in like, I think like the fifth percentile or some 5%, some, it was super low. <laughs> like it was detrimentally low. So they got me on supplements right away. I think I did a couple rounds of shots actually to begin with. And then they got me taking a vitamin D supplement on the regular when I was 14. But you know, that was a huge contributing factor to it. And it, it was crazy because, you know, we didn't have anybody in the skate game uh, like myself. We didn't have anybody there who was, you know, telling us how to make sure we're managing our risk of injury by doing the correct exercises, treating our body right, making sure we're building stability and strength and, you know, building resiliency throughout our entire body for skating. There, there was no one there doing it like I am. And uh, I know if I had somebody like myself, I would have been way better off than I am today. You know, I, I'm, I'm good now, you know, cause I know what I'm, I'm not what I'm talking about. I know what I'm, I know what I need to do. Uh, but you know, if I would have had somebody there for me back then, man, would it have been a completely different story? Uh, I know that for a fact, but you know, so I was getting injured a lot, all this stuff. And you know, it sucked. Uh, if you, if you know, if you skateboard and you you love skating the way that most of us skaters do, you know, when you get injured and you can't skate. Uh, and that was another thing too, right? So I'd get injured and I would just sit around all day. Cause that's what the doctors told me to do. Nah, don't, don't do that. I'm going to be talking about that at some point in a podcast and on some videos, but you know, I'd sit around all day. If I would have had somebody there, you know, telling me like, Hey man, you need to come in, you need to get this workout in, let's train. You know, you still can train the other side of your body, train your upper body, all this stuff. I know for a fact, I would have came back better, faster, and stronger than I ever did. Uh, so that was, that's crazy to look back on knowing the information I know now and, you know, being told to sit around all day, even though I might've like broken ankle, it's still, I mean, elevation and stuff like that when I needed to, but easily could have been out there still doing stuff to make sure when I got back on my board that it wasn't going to be the case where I just got injured right away again. But you know, that's just kind of the game I played growing up and, you know, getting into online school, that's where skating really took off for me, where I was able to focus a lot of my energy into just getting school done right away in the morning. And then, you know, shout out to my grandma and mom again, because, you know, at this point in time, uh, it was pretty cool because Tanner Van Vark, he would come over to my house. We'd have a sleepover. Uh, we'd literally watch skate videos all night. Same with Owlin, too. You know, he was in online school as well. Um, Tanner ended up doing online school with me, too. And... uh you know, we, uh, we all would just stay at each other's houses, wake up, you know, watch skate videos all night long, wake up, bang out some schoolwork, and then boom, right to the skate park at 12 o'clock, like 12 to 9. I'm not kidding. We'd be there all day, every day, just skating, 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 skating. And I'm so thankful that I was able to do that, right? It, it just was like something that kept me out of a lot of trouble up until a point that I'm going to be talking about here in a second. And it was just really so 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 amazing that you know I had that support system like my grandma and my mom who would do that and let alone let me have sleepovers on a school night you know all this stuff it was it was cool you know I gotta I just gotta keep saying I'm thankful for that because I really am and you know skating every single day trying to learn new tricks you know having a the best time of my life you know every time I'm on my board I always am having the best time no matter if I'm falling or landing tricks cruising around, you know, doing whatever. If I'm with the homies or by myself, I'm just always having a good time. 
And the craziest thing for me, right, was uh, going into high school, one of my other homies, Jonathan Reese, shout out to you, man. Love you, dog. I know, I know he's still one of my, he is my best friend to this day. Me and him hang out. He's actually, he trains with me as well. But, uh, you know, uh, around that age, you know, getting into smoking weed and all that stuff. And, you know, <laughs> at a very young age, I was smoking a lot of weed. And it was, uh, yeah, it was a good time when I, ooh, back then, you know, if I, if I think about it now, I'm like, dang, I could have really been a little bit more productive about my life. But, you know, it was what it was. I was little. I was young. I was, you know, doing what I wanted to do. And, you know, I'm happy that I didn't ever get into anything too crazy. I did get into a little bit of trouble when it came to uh, the weed and stuff. But that was more just being in the wrong place at the wrong time and with the wrong people. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I... Uh, skateboarding has kept me out of a lot of trouble and I think it does that for a lot of people. So, you know, love for the love for skateboarding goes deeper than, than I can even explain. And, uh, you know, around that time going into high school, I think it was like eighth into ninth grade, you know, I was skating, 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 but also was just smoking like a lot. And, uh, you know, grades never slipped though. Still staying up on my grades and, you know, I actually got into, you know, selling things I shouldn't have been selling and, uh, you know, thought it was fun. I thought it was cool. I thought it was something that, uh, you know, the system portrayed me to be doing with my life. Right. You know, being, you know, mixed. I told you I had a issue knowing who I was or figuring out who I was and where I wanted to go with my life. And, you know, that cascaded into I feel like if I wasn't doing that this next part I'm about to tell you wouldn't have happened but uh so my grandpa right papa I love you RIP again I, I miss you every single day I wake up I uh write you down in my gratitude journal instantly I um it was crazy I'm gonna share this guy this with you all and it's it's something I haven't really shared ever in a personal or uh public setting like this so it's kind of uh, hard to talk about I always get choked up talking about it but um you know when I was when I was 16 so my grandpa he had a drinking problem his whole life let me just tell you that really quick he he had a not his whole life but you know the life that I remember um he he was an alcoholic you know he struggled with that and that kind of led him into not living with me my grandma and my mom so me my grandma and my mom ended up all living together uh because we needed the help um, my grandma needed the help. My mom needed the help. You know, my mom was always busting her butt, um, working the longest hours just to put food on the table. So, you know, having my grandma there to make sure I was taken care of during the day while my mom was working in and through the night was super key. And, you know, uh, my grandpa, he was going back and forth between like the halfway houses and stuff, you know, getting um, some DUIs. And I don't hold that against him at all. I still think he's the greatest dude to this day. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't think that that little shit we do in our lives fucking defines who we are. It doesn't, it really doesn't. I don't care what you say. Uh, you know, I will, I will punch you dead in the face. If you say that, you know, my grandpa was a bad person because he was an alcoholic, then you don't know him. You didn't know how many people loved him, how many people he touched in his life and how much of an impact he was in mine. And, uh, that goes for anybody, anybody who, you know, deals with some stuff that, you know, people try to define you as don't don't let them do that it's not it's not something that defines you you're your own person you can do as you wish with your body and your in your health but just know this like those little things don't define you that's not you can be this amazing person even if you do have those struggles and those issues in your life that was a little bit of a rant you know I told you I get emotional when I talk about this stuff but so oh man so um 16 uh, it was, uh, November and he was staying, you know, he lived in his apartment that he had just got, uh, just made it a little bit easier on him and my grandma and stuff on their marriage and all that stuff, you know, uh, having that space and stuff like that. And it was, it was, uh, whoa, whoa, geez, man, we're going on. Wow. We're going on what? Six seven years now. Wow. So seven years ago, November. Um, and I still struggle with this to this day, right? So the day that he passed, 
he wanted me to come over. He wanted me to come over and he wanted me to, uh, to hang out with him. You know, he was having a little bit of a rough day. And I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm busy skating. And, you know, I, I was in November. I didn't even, I don't know if I, like, really skated that much that day. I was busy, you know, running around with friends, doing the shit I shouldn't have been doing. And uh, picked up my girlfriend, who was now my wife at the time. Shout out to you, baby. I love you. Um, but, you know, picked up my girlfriend at the end of the night. We all went home. Uh, and then, uh, you know, that's when that's when tragedy struck. It was... I want to say it was around 7 p.m. Uh, my grandma said that my grandpa fell. You know, if you know, if you know me, you know my grandpa. He was the toughest dude, right? I remember we were at, at um, we were out at Spirit Mountain one time. He fell off the top of a huge kicker ramp, broke his ribs, and then still rode around with me all day and through the weekend just so I could have a good time. That's a tough man right there. So you know. Uh, and he's also, you know, been a construction worker his whole life, handyman, cutting himself, you know, so we knew he's tough. And um, he, uh, you know, that's all we knew at the time. My grandma just said he fell. I got a call from the hospital. He's at the hospital. Okay. Um, and I still have an issue with police to this day. Um, not, I mean, I've had stuff done to myself, and that kind of goes into the next thing I'm about to talk about, but uh, mainly just due to this issue here. So, um pretty much what happened. My grandpa, he was out on his porch and I'm a firm believer to this day. He did not jump. Uh, I know he loved his life more than that. He loved us and he knew, uh, you know, that if he were taken from us and stuff like that, how much it would affect us all. So I'm a firm believer to this day. He did not take his own life. Um, out on his porch, you know, the snow was building up and it was pretty close to the railing to where there wasn't really a railing anymore. And he was an avid gardener, you know, that was his one escape that he had, and um, from the look of the scene and stuff, he uh, looked like he was out there gardening, and, you know, he was on the second story, tripped over the railing, and he fell out. Um, He didn't die instantly. He was, uh, this is where I have an issue, he was coherent when he fell. He fell, and um, I'm getting choked up, sorry. Uh, There was two people in the parking lot who saw him fall, and that was, you know, right there, they, they saw it, they were like, oh my God, like, are you okay? And, you know, he was coherent, telling them, like, yeah, I just need an ambulance, like, get an ambulance here. You know, ambulance came, he was still coherent, cops came, he was still coherent, and we never got a call. We didn't get a call until my grandpa was at the hospital and now was in a coma. He was, he was, he was out. And uh, we didn't even know this until my grandma went to the hospital, called my mom, told her, you need to get the kids here now. Uh, My mom opened the door to the basement. Me and my girlfriend were hanging out, you know, doing those teenage things. And uh, she said, we need to go. And I was like, okay, weird, but all right. So we all trekked down to the hospital. Next thing I know, we're all being put into this room. And uh, it was on the IC unit, um, and my uncle was in there when I got there. My aunt was in there. Everybody was teary-eyed. And uh, me, right, I've always had a problem with expressing my emotions, uh, especially, you know, I'm getting better at it, <laughs> um, but I still have a problem to this day, and I think that's this is a huge issue or a huge reason why. So, you know, I walk in the room. We're sitting around. I'm like, so where's my grandpa? Like, can we see him? How's he doing? Um, then my grandma comes in the room looking like a mess, right? And I, I can't blame her. I can only imagine. And um, she explains to us that um, he's in a coma right now. They're doing everything they can to save him, um, but they don't know if, uh, if they're going to be able to. And that alone sent me into a spiral in my head and... You know, nothing came out. There was no emotion for me, no nothing. Uh, so then all of a sudden the doctor comes in, and I feel bad for this doctor because uh, I kind of I put a lot of my anger into him, uh, blaming him for the whole incident, not being able to save his life, which I know it wasn't his fault. So 
He came in and explained to us that my grandpa had shattered his entire pelvis. The internal bleeding was so much that they didn't know what they could do. There was nothing they could do, um, and he was on life support. And, uh, you know, that was a huge thing, and we went in there. You know, he was hooked up to all the tubes. Uh, he was cleaned up. He wasn't all bloody and stuff, but, um, you know, he, he was hooked up to all the tubes. Everybody else around me was bawling their eyes out. I just kind of sat there staring at him, and uh, I just remember, you know, they they looked around, and, you know, we had to make the decision, and I remember uh, everybody saying their goodbyes. I'm getting a little teary-eyed right now. Everybody saying their goodbyes, and uh, it uh, came to me, my grandma. My grandma said her goodbyes to him, and uh, then... Everybody kind of looked at me like I was the, uh, I was the last one because uh, everybody knew how close he was to me, and that was uh, that was hard to deal with. Everybody looked at me, and I knew, you know, I was kind of the determining factor of once I said goodbye, they're gonna pull that plug, and he uh, he'll be gone. So <laughs> I just remember laying there, and I laid on his chest. You know, telling him thank you for everything he's done for me. Let me take a drink real quick. I'm getting really choked up. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, you know, I was thanking him for everything he's done for me. And at this point in time, I didn't, you know, I knew I had to be strong. You know, I was now the man of the house. All of a sudden, 16, man of the house, take care of everybody. I just knew I had to. Uh, not like I had to, had to, but that was just the mentality I had. So, you know, I whispered in his ear, Papa, it's okay. I'll make sure I take care of everybody. I'll make sure that everybody's taken care of. You don't have to worry about it. You've done your job. You've done what you needed to do for us all. And, uh, yeah, so then, you know, I couldn't get off of him. <laughs> and my mom had to, uh, she had to let me know, like, hey, it's time. It's that time. And, uh. Then, you know, boom, pulled the plug. I don't know why I stayed there to watch this, but then uh, they pulled the plug. I watched his heartbeat go to zero, and that was that. I knew he was gone. Uh, yeah, as you can tell by my voice, I'm pretty, uh, still pretty messed up to this day from the whole thing. But, you know, that was a huge tipping point in my life. Let me, let me oh, get out of that zone and go into what that did for me, right? So I was sent into a spiral at this point. I uh, stopped doing school, got kicked out of online school, ended up running in the streets way more, stopped skating, you know, all this stuff, and running with the wrong crew of people, um, getting into, you know, harder harder drugs and stuff, and getting into a lot of trouble. Uh, one day, me and my friend were rolling around. We got pulled over. I was on a couple of drugs, and, uh, yeah, the cop ended up ripping me out of the car, uh, my friend got the whole thing on video, luckily, so I was able to, you know, beat the case. I didn't get anything pushed against me, uh, but I was ripped out the car. I was shoved into the concrete. I was beat up by multiple cops. I had bruises all over my body. Um, I wasn't restraining at all. I was just asking why. They dislocated my left wrist, um, you know, and that was, that whole time in my life, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. How did I get here, right? And luckily, like, my girl... My wife, love you, babe. She she stuck through it with me, and she's the one who, her and my mom, uh, were really like, you need to change your life around. You need to figure something out. So you know, that's when I decided, where do I go? What do I do? I don't know what I want to do. All I know is selling the stuff I'm selling and skateboarding. I don't have school behind my back or nothing. So I was like, well, let me first start by this. I'm gonna get my GED. Went and passed my GED test, flying colors, and then I was like, you know what? Let's get out of here. It's time to go, time to do something bigger than myself. Went and I joined the Army. Served in the U.S. Army for just under three years uh, as, a, as a combat engineer, actually, to be more exact. I was a bridge crew member, so we built a lot of uh, floating raft bridges, you know, traversing people across rivers and lakes that they couldn't normally get across. Um, I was stationed in Missouri, did my basic training in Missouri and my, uh, my AIT in Missouri, and then got stationed there. Uh, as soon as basic and AIT were done, you know, pulled that classic soldier thing. But it was different for me. I've been with my girl since I was 15. Most people meet their, their significant other or whatever the case may be in the army and then get married a day later. But 
<laughs> I uh, got out of basic, asked her to marry me. She said yes. So then luckily she was able to move out there with me. And then, you know, lived that army life for a while, you know, and I, I take pride in everything I do. So when I do something, I want to be the best at what I'm doing. Not necessarily like better than somebody else, but better than I was yesterday in whatever the case may be. So I was that that soldier who was up before PT. I was waking up at four o'clock, going to the gym, um, learning how to lift, learning my body more. And that's where I actually learned a lot of, um, you know, the basic knowledge of um, training people, especially because I was um, one of the people who was in front of the platoon. And if you know anything about the army, um, you have like your unit and we're set, uh, split up into platoons and then your platoons are in the sections, but usually platoons do PT together in the morning. So I was one of the people who was majority of the time up front running everybody through our calisthenics workouts. You know, that's just what we did in the army. We did a lot of body weight stuff, um, which I think is kind of goofy. We probably should have been lifting more weights, but you know, whatever. And uh, let me fast forward a little bit. Got to a point, you know, I went to Romania, went to all this stuff, had a good time. I got concussed in Romania. That was not a good time. Had some brain bleeding and stuff and was stuck there for like three weeks in 110 degree tent and was puking a lot and uh, who knows? So maybe I have issues <laughs> from that to this day as well. But, you know, come out of that, uh, came back strong. And then I want to get ready for air assault school and sapper school. So sapper school is uh, kind of like the Rangers for engineers. Um, and then air assault school is where you're repelling out of helicopters. So I was getting ready for all that, doing all the ruck marches and stuff. You know, we had to do 12 mile ruck marches consistently to get ready for it, all this other training. And of course, me being gung ho, you know, the, the regular rucksack was 35 pounds. I decided to throw 80 to 100 pounds in mine most of the time um, and walk around the neighborhood, you know, get used to it. And then there was one day where, uh, you know, it was one of the last ones we had to do. I wanted to freaking just haul through it, do the best I could do. And this is the craziest part to me because it was, uh, you know, something that I could have avoided, <laughs> but it happened. And, you know, that's when I uh, compressed my spine, you know, I ended up getting a compressed spine and, uh, actually knocking away all the cartilage in my SI joint in my back and where your sacrum meets your spine and, uh, ended up pissing myself right after the injury. Didn't think anything of it though. You know, <laughs> just don't know why I was just like, Oh, I just drank too much water. I'm just fatigued, you know, whatever. And it's not like I full on peed a bunch. Um, but then went home had some more issues to where I then now couldn't control my uh, my bowels <laughs> and, you know, went back to work the next day, um, kind of was definitely moving pretty messed up, didn't feel right, uh, didn't have to do PT that morning, but, you know, then I was out in one of the conics's trying to grab a tent, <laughs> literally bent over, grabbed the tent, and same thing happened, but it was a little bit more. That's when NCLs were like, yo, you got to go to the hospital, man, you got to go get checked out. So... Went in, got checked out. Uh, at first, all I knew was about the, the, the compressed spine from x-ray and stuff. And from there, kept having pain, kept having pain. So then they did the MRIs. That's when they found the sacralization of the sacrum in the spine. And then from there, uh, barely could move. And mind you, we had our son around the same time I got hurt. So we had our first son, uh, Arlo. He... He was born January 2nd in 2018. I was injured literally like right before that even. So, you know, that was a big struggle for me, not being able to do anything with my kid, not being able to bend over that well, being in pain all the time. Uh, and that was an issue. So then they tried physical therapy, take a drink real quick. I know it's a longer episode, but, you know, hey, I'm just letting you guys know where, where, where I came from and how I got to where I am, right? So, you know... Physical therapy, crock of bullshit in the army. <laughs> I don't care. It's a crock of bullshit. It's, uh, you know, they try to get me moving through doing a bunch of bird dogs, um, through doing um, a lot of dead bugs, like all this stuff. And they had, they were on somewhat of the right track, but then they just kind of didn't at the same time. They didn't they didn't put forth the effort um, outside of the physical therapy. So I only went to physical therapy once a week and that was it. So it's like, well, what is that going to do for me? Like you guys aren't giving me anything. Mind you, like I still had my fitness knowledge, but I didn't know like how to go about training for this. Right. Like I, I, I didn't have that yet. I didn't know. I didn't dive in any books on all this. Not at that time yet. And, uh, 
I was like, well, this is messed up. And then they were like, all right, well, shoot, if uh, physical therapy doesn't help, I don't know what we're going to do. And then they were like, okay, well, there's two options here. We can do surgery. Hell no, you ain't touching my back with surgery at 21 years old. Get out of here with that. Uh, so then, you know, they were like, okay, well, the next thing we can do is cortisone shots. If you know cortisone shots, they suck. It's a steroid shot, especially if you have to get it in your spine. It's not fun. Um, and I think they're also a crock of bullshit. Uh, it's a Band-Aid. It's a huge Band-Aid. Um, it actually made me worse. So they made me do three rounds of the shots just because, you know, the Army wants to try everything before they medically retire somebody out. And, uh, you know, they did the three rounds. I got super sick from each round, was in even more pain afterwards. I uh, got no relief from it. And that's when they were like, all right, man, well, you're not deployable. You're not, you're not really anything f- to us anymore. So bye. Uh, so they did medically retire me. Luckily, I still have some benefits from that. But, you know, at this point in time, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. I had my not even one-year-old son, uh, you know, was still young, didn't have Uh, I had a GED, so I don't know how that was going to go in the workforce getting out. I didn't have any educational background other than, like, what I knew in fitness. And then I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm going to go home. (laughs) Went home, ended up getting to work with a functional medicine doctor, uh, Rob, out at the Body Project in Egan, Minnesota. Thank you, man. Uh, You've been a huge mentor to me. I'm so happy to be menteed by you or yeah, right. That's the right verbiage, I think, or whatever you want to say. <laughs> but uh, so I got to work with him. He's the one who kickstarted this whole thing for me. He's the one who taught me, you know, it's your TVA that's super weak. That's why you have so much pain. Your spine isn't supported. Your glutes are very weak. You don't have good uh, posterior muscles. That's a big factor in, you know, back pain and stuff. Also, my uh, hip flexors, a lot of the hip flexors were just beyond tight um, and all this stuff, right? So he really opened my eyes, and that's when I started to self-educate myself into the fitness world and start cracking open books, you know, really just learning for myself on how to make myself better, how to move better, and how can I get back to where I was? Because when I left the Army, they told me, you will never lift another weight, and you will never skate again. Okay, look at me now. (laughs) Look at me now. So go ahead and try to tell me that you can't do things differently. You know, a lot of people, they jump right to surgery without really knowing the holistic approach to things. And that's what uh, Rob opened up for me. You know, it's crazy, too, because he was mentored by uh, by Paul Check. So, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful that I was in the presence of somebody like himself and still am to this day. And, you know, it was uh, that was the time where I was like, OK, well, you know, this is my time to do it. So then I went and worked for a gym for a little bit, personal training. And I just didn't like the gym atmosphere. I didn't like how they made people feel there. I'm not going to talk about who the gym was, but I just didn't like the way they did stuff, making people feel stupid when they came in, so they felt like they needed to to buy us. Um, I don't believe in that, you know. Uh, if you don't, you don't know what you don't know. I mean, like, I'm here to help you, but if you just don't know what you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> I'm not going to make you feel bad about that. So left there. Uh, mind you, I started going to college for exercise science at Hamlin University uh, here in St. Paul, Minnesota. And through that, I was able to get a job with the strength and conditioning people uh, in the gym, personal training out of there, uh, which was great. You know, it was fun. I got a lot of different clients. I had, you know, teachers or professors. I had athletes. I had average day students, you know, so I got to work with a wide range of people, you know, fast forward a little bit more. Um, mind you, I'm still skating at this time. So I got my body back, right. Um, got, got up to the point where I'm able to, you know, deadlift a significant amount of weight, squat a significant amount of weight and bench press a significant amount of weight. That doesn't really matter in the aspect of like skating and stuff like that when it comes to the performance and building resiliency for skating necessarily. But, you know, I was happy that I got to that point. You know, I proved my, I proved them wrong. Like, tell me I can't skate again. Tell me I can't lift a weight another, a weight ever again. Like, okay, cool. Not now I'm chilling. So, you know, uh, coronavirus came into play, uh, you know, fast forwarding a little bit here, but I mean, it was just kind of like interim in there, you know, in between those times, I was just learning, 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 getting my head into books, keeping my head down, you know, trying to figure out where I was going with my life. And, uh, that's how I got to where I am today. You know, coronavirus happened. Uh, I was booted out of the gym. We couldn't train out of there anymore. And I was like, well, what am I going to do now? I don't want to go work at Target again. I don't want to go work for anybody ever again. I just don't. So I said, 
well, let's start a business. I'm going to start a business for myself, for personal training. And that's what I did. And that's how extreme strength and fitness is born, people. So, you know, I knew I had to niche down right away, right? So that's why I chose the, the name extreme, right? So extreme sports, specifically skateboarding. And, uh, you know, strength and fitness, of course, like building strength and just, you know, having general fitness. I thought, I like the name. I love it. It's cool. And XSF sounds cool, too, and you abbreviate it. So, hey, I like it. But uh, that's how it started. So then I was like, okay, well, here we go. Um, I do have some general population clients, like my mom, my grandma, my mentally challenged uncle train with me. Uh, but then majority of everybody else is skateboarders. So, you know, it took me a long time to get to where I am. And I think it's kind of cool to look back at my Instagram uh, when I scroll through it. And I see like all the old posts I was doing and stuff. And like, I mean, I've always been out here just trying to provide value. You know, that's one thing that I take pride in when it comes to my business is before I even asked anybody to come sit down with, uh, for a consultation with me, I did uh, what I started back in July. I was doing videos every single day, you know, just providing value, teaching people what I knew, teaching people what I had learned more recently, and that progressed into where I am today. Uh, you know, luckily enough, I was able to buy a house when I got out of the army. I had to sell that house actually because of some termite and ant issues, but you know, meh, whatever. But uh, had a gym out of there, built my own little gym in the garage, and then that's when I started training people. Started training. Uh, one of my first skateboarding clients and then Jonathan Reese came along, started training him. And then I was like, well, I thought I was going to have to finish school, you know, in order to be in the industry that I'm in. But then I was like, why? That's, that's silly. Why would I have to go along the system when there's so many people out there who are doing it? Uh, you know, like Killian Hamilton, you know, all, all those dudes who are out there really putting in work, doing their due diligence in the fitness game. Why can't I do the same? So that's why I hopped up. Uh, and I was like, you know what, let me just get to work. You know, it's been crazy how fast this has all progressed because like I said, I started this back in June, July. Uh, it is now November of the same year and I'm standing in my office in third layer skate park, um, you know, doing boot camps for the staff here, running them all through what they should be doing, how they should be moving their body, you know, getting more in tune with themselves. And then I'm going to be lucky enough to be throwing a boot camp for all the kids and some older people as well, uh, you know, older as in like 16 plus. But, um, and then now I'm working and having more skateboarders come to me asking for, for assistance and asking for my help. And it's crazy, you know, it's, it's insane to think of where, where I was just a little bit ago to where I am today. And I guess the one thing I want to leave off with, with this episode, I know it's really long. If you listened all the way through, Hey, you're, you're a fan. I love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed the story. I know it got pretty, uh, pretty real there in the middle. But, um, you know, it's one thing I can leave off with is if you want to do something, just, just do it. Don't hesitate. S like, for real, don't hesitate. I sat there contemplating talking to Emrod, the owner here at uh, Third Lair, for so long. Um, right when I started my business, I knew like, maybe it wouldn't start out right away. Uh, but then there's one day where I was like, screw it, I'm going to go talk to him. Brought this to him, and he thought it was a great idea. He loves what I'm doing, and, you know, being so supportive, being the man he is, he was like, let's do this, man. Let's see what we can do for you. And then, you know, fast forward to now, then I am talked to him about renting a space, and he took me back to where my gym is now and was like, this can be yours if you want it. And I was like, wow, thank you, sir. Let's do this. And now, now I'm here. Now Devante is standing in third layer, you know, I get to chill here every single day. I get to come here early as hell in the morning, four o'clock, four thirty. I get a bunch of work done. I get to go home with my family by eight o'clock. Sometimes I'll come back here. Sometimes I won't. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's insane. And now I get to do online coaching with a bunch of skateboarders as well as in person, if that's what they decide to do. And it's just crazy. You know, I'm so, so thankful for where I am today. And, you know, where life is going to go from here. Cause you know, now that I know what I can accomplish, nothing's stopping me. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep getting it. And I'm going to keep providing value to the skateboarding community. So we all can stay healthy and stay on our boards. And if we do get that far, it takes us out that we're getting back on our board stronger, faster, and better than we were before. So I guess that's really, that's my story in a nutshell. I'm sure I left a couple things out in there, but 
you know, that's pretty much it. Now, for, hey, shout out, shout out to my wife. We just had our other kid, Asher. Love you, little man. Uh, he is just over a month old. He was born October 1st. You know, so now I have that. I have my other son. He's going to be three here in January. And it's just crazy to think, like, everybody always is like, you know, I talked to some of my, because I've had friends, I've been friends with, like, a lot of older people, and they're always like, man, you're a whole whole adult. I'm just like, well, yeah, I mean, it was either I did something with my life or I didn't, and I chose to do something. So if you guys feel like you're at that point in your lives where you want to make a move, you want to do something, you want to focus on you, then do it. Do something, just, just go do it. Stop hesitating. Stop sitting around, you know, biting your nails, thinking about it too much. Just go make it happen. Because if you don't get out there and start making mistakes and start actually just putting forth the work to do it, it's never going to happen for you. I, I did not jump into this thinking I was going to do everything perfect. And I know I'm not going to do everything perfect. I know there's going to be hiccups. I know there's going to be bumps in the road. But guess what? That's what makes you better. That's what makes you grow. And that's what builds resiliency throughout life. So that's where I'm going to leave it today. That's... Uh, that's my story. That's Devonte Erlinson's background and how I got to where I am and how Extreme Strength and Fitness became to be. I hope you all liked this episode. I know, like I said, it got pretty real. And if you listened all the way through, thank you. And if you don't already, make sure you go follow me uh, on Instagram so you guys can keep up to date with all the free content I do on a daily basis. That is just extreme.sf. So X-T-R-E-M-E dot S-F. You also can follow my main page if you want. It's uh, Devante.xsf, D-E-V-A-N-T-E dot X-S-F. Uh, also, make sure you guys, you know, check out, check out Third Layer. If you guys don't follow Third Layer, go follow Third Layer Skate Park and Skate Shop. They're amazing. They've been doing so much for the skate community ever since I got into the skate game and before. So if you don't follow them, make sure you do. And also, shout out to my producer. You guys got to go follow him at Fuego. Uh, I'll, he's, he's, he's a great dude. I'll be putting his, uh, his stuff in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. He is amazing. If you guys need anything produced for yourselves, go hit him up. He's, he's been my homie for a very long time, and I'm very blessed to have him now as my producer. Also, I got to give a shout out to my sponsor. Shout out to Airtime Clothing. If you guys want some of the coolest clothes in the game, and somebody who really is out there for the extreme sports world, then go check check them out. Check out Airtime Clothing, as well as Monte Coso Skateboards. A shout-out to you. That is the local company here in Minnesota. Uh, we are, you know, stuff's a little, little slow right now with the coronavirus and stuff, trying to get boards, but go show the love on their Instagram page. I'll be putting everything in the show notes for you all. But, you know, I'm going to leave it off with that. You know, I had to, had to pay the bills real quick, as, uh, as people say. But, uh You know, much love, skate on, and let's gain stability, mobility, and build strength you may have never known you had.